Welcome to our podcast, Band DFS. The podcast where we make your music selection less complicated. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing Plaza de Toros by Michael Story. Cheers to starting the conversation. All right, let's go ahead and dig in. The basics you need to know. This is in the key signature of Concert B-flat. There are a fair number of accidentals in many of the parts. There are no split parts, so one clarinet, saxophone, and trumpet part. Most instruments fit within an octave range. Some are extended a little beyond that, but it's instruments like saxophone, tenor saxophone, uh, instruments that we would expect a little bit uh, greater than an octave range. So let's dive in. This piece is great for teaching uh, chromaticism as well as getting fifth positions better in tune in your low brass. Um, It's a super fun piece just to start with kids. It's a stately march tempo at the beginning. You could honestly get away with performing the piece at like 108 to 120, um, which I like because then you can really show off great style with your students. Um, It's nice having that flexibility. Absolutely. Um, For percussion considerations, bells are not necessarily needed on this piece. So if you had to nix a percussion part due to how many players you have, you should maybe say goodbye to bells, but keep everything else. It even has like castanets, which is really fun. And the kids get a chance to play something different. And even all the band members love getting to hear something totally fun like that. Um, So at the very beginning, we have only a little bit of style. We have some staccato markings and you want to make sure that in measure two, when your lows come in, that they're keeping all of the note values connected and sustained throughout. So if there's no staccato, they need to make sure that everything um, continues into the next note. And that entrance on beat two in the low voices, I will have my students, like we will write in a breath mark on beat one. I know that may seem silly, but that that rhythmic breath on beat one can help them be more confident and secure on an entrance on beat two. Absolutely. And we're already right away in fifth positions for low brass. So we spend a lot of time working on making sure kids really know exactly where to place that in trombone. And of course they have the, their friends to kind of help out with that as well. Um, alto saxophone can be on the bis B flat side for most of the piece until later on in measure 34. So that's a great opportunity for you to teach your alto players about bis B flat. Um, and just to get them going early on with something different on their instrument. An application in music, not just in a scale. Absolutely. And we have our first uh, accented style in measure five, and the whole band has that together. So what we've done in the past, Laura and I, is we have taken this and put it into like our daily exercises at the beginning of our band periods. So we might do like measure five plus the first note of measure six, like on a concert F. F, 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 then go down a half step. E, 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 then maybe go back up or whatever you want to do with your kids. Um, But just incorporating that into your daily drill is a great idea so that you can make sure and solidify that everybody is playing the accented style the same way. 
Now, starting at measure seven, the trumpets take over the melody. They're the only ones with the melody here, and you really need a pretty strong and confident trumpet section to play this piece. Uh, we want to make sure that, that they, again, are really confident. They play out big and full. Lots of opportunities to, um, to encourage them to use really good follow-through with their air on all of these dotted notes. We've got dotted half notes several times through here, so we want to make sure, again, that they're using really good air follow-through. The accompaniment parts rhythmically um, are all most unison throughout um so it, that helps for really aligning style and matching and all of that go ahead there are very few uh students on the third of the chord throughout mm -hmm. this piece too and so that really helps with just tuning and again with making sure the accompaniment um sounds great and really amplifies the beautiful trumpet sounds that you're making um accidentals lots of accidentals in here so good opportunities to teach the kids about the accidental rule remind them about the accidental rule and one thing that katie and i feel really strongly about like we are we always go through our students parts before handing them out to them and pre-mark things that we want the kids to be aware of so that would be something i would do in my own group i might mark like hey for example in measure nine that there's two f sharps in that measure clarinets uh that type of thing so that we make sure the students are really really comfortable there's all of those d flats uh, concert d flats that carry through in the low brass horn alto all that kind of stuff so you can kind of pre-mark that stuff with your students to help them uh be more successful when we get on to measure 13, measure 13, you'll see this little waterfall entrance part happen several times in this piece. Uh, this is something the kids need to be really confident and secure about on their entrances. Uh, a great way to approach that with your band is to have them bop it. All right, so that we just play the note start and you don't have them sustain through. So every student gets really comfortable with where their entrance is. Once they have that down and everyone's confident with their entrance, then you can really focus on balance all right and one of the things that I do with my group and certainly this depends on the number of students you have on each instrument but we treat each of those instrument uh, entrances excuse me like their forte piano so they would come in da 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 every time and that helps to make the clarity in that measure really really um uh well clear important yeah. yeah and i think it's important to make sure that the students know that the crescendo in 14 they really should just ignore that in the balance side of things and let the low people kind of take the lead there and um, percussion yeah and percussion absolutely otherwise it becomes really like trumpet heavy really fast and again like you mentioned it's very important to make sure that each entrance is heard and it it comes back and back and back each time. Now, as we're coming into measure 15, we have some pickup notes again in the trumpet, but now we have the clarinets to kind of play along with us uh, in harmony. And so we wanna make sure we can hear the clarinets as the new voice on the melody. Then we have a little conversation back and forth with flute and oboe. They're, they're, that's how we approach it with our kids. Like this is the melody, but they're having a little side convo. And so you can teach them that they're gonna play out a little bit. Um, this is a great opportunity to work on tuning in flute. They have C, D flat, C. So making sure that those notes aren't uh, coming out sharp on their instrument because that's the natural tendency. Um, you can teach that on right, uh, you can use your right hand down on D flat for flute or any combination of fingers, much like the clarinet. And that will help the kids um, just make sure that they're better in tune with the oboe if you have an oboe. And again, pushing through uh, the bar lines like Laura mentioned in and 
before is very important. They can use pulsing or vibrato, whatever you've been able to teach in your band, just to kind of help push through um, during that little conversation. Uh, speaking of oboe, um, I think one of the important, I'm going to go back for a second to that, uh, me talking about Katie and I going through our kids' individual parts, looking at them and marking them. I think when you look at the students' individual parts, you learn so much more than just studying your own score. The oboe part in this particular piece has a lot of fingering considerations that you need to be aware of. Um, it's it, I think that's one of the things that, that makes this a little more challenging, the oboe part specifically. And uh, we have some of those fingering considerations coming up. So if you do look at uh, measure 18, like for instance, the oboe is going to have to think about having right pinky for D flat twice in a row. But then in 19, they have to use left E flat. Then they are forced to use forked F at the end of 19. And then they go back to left E flat and then they go to right A flat. That's a lot of pinky stuff that your kids may not just be able to figure out on their own. So again, the importance of you as the band director studying and going through and figuring out like what is the finger combination going to have to be, that's just going to help uh, yourself in the long run. Um, continuing on, we're going to make sure that we think about octave tuning, uh, in the, well, not octave, but you know, unison tuning, um, in the flute and in the trumpet at measure 20 and oboe, um, because we're getting a little bit higher up on those instruments. We want to make sure that we're matching. So this would be a great opportunity to just hear only those three voices to ensure that they're in tune on every pitch, especially the C and trumpet and B flat and flute and oboe. And then again, we have the waterfall effect as Lara called it right there at 21 and 22. Again, this time though, we're decrescendoing into 23 instead of leading into it. And the last little bit of movement is in the snare drum. All right, so once we get to 23, um, we have our clarinets and altos kind of taking over the lead. Now, you'll notice here that we have a little three-note slur. This piece goes back and forth every once in a while where we will have two-note slurs in the melody or three-note slurs in the melody. And I think it's really important to make sure that when the students are learning this, that you're driving home that articulation, writing T's over the notes that are supposed to be articulated um, so that they get the difference between what is a two-note slur and what is a three-note note slur. Um, again, these three note slurs and half notes, that air follow through on those half notes is going to be really important. And then in the accompaniment parts, um, it's really exposed. That fifth position stuff in the low in the low brass is really exposed here. We don't have a lot of other instruments to hide behind, so tuning is going to be really important. And then, of course, note length. Making sure that you have spent the time uh, making sure that their note length matches on, on that whole entire accompaniment part. Um, when the horns come in in measure 27, uh, they are doubling the alto part here, but the intervals that they have, G, E flat, F, D, that is a, a, an opportunity for them to miss some partials. So you want to make sure that the students, I would spend some time with my horns and altos playing that together slowly until those horns build some security in what that is supposed to sound like and get that in their ear. That will help to build the um, build their confidence as they're um, as they are learning this again. And I've said a lot I know about uh, air follow through on these long notes, but I think that's a huge thing in this piece. We can see that again at 29. Once the whole band, we come back in at 29. 
lots of half notes and dotted half notes. Everybody needs to make sure that we push through those. Try to make sure that white notes do not end softer than they begin. Also, back at 27, your tambourine player plays alone there. So that's a good opportunity for you to ensure that you um, have a good solid player to kind of help uh, continue with the, the rhythm. And also, the trumpets have pickups coming into 27 alone. So just be sure to teach that and make sure that they feel confident and secure, even though they're kind of alone on that. Um, at 30, we also have clarinets changing uh, the note from G to F sharp. You want to teach them to bring that out anytime they have that in music and to crescendo going into 31. Now we have literally a recap of what we've already had basically from the beginning. Um, we're going to be sure this time though that we're going to balance to flute nobo because trumpets don't have the melody anymore right here. So this is kind of like a moment for the woodwinds to shine. Um, and this is where the alto saxophones need to change to non bispy flat at measure 34 because then they do have their first B natural coming up. So going back to us writing in parts, we would have written that in for our students so that they have ample time to move down to the non bispy flat. And again, like we talked about before, you have to have an F, like which F the oboes are going to use mm -hmm. plan if you have an oboe player in your band. Um, Again, big, strong trumpet pickups coming into 35, and now they're joining the flute and oboe, but they can kind of take over a little bit. And again, like I mentioned, there's B natural and 36 at alto, so that's important to kind of notice. We do have some staccatos again at 37 in the accompaniment and the melody. So this is where the style kind of shifts, and you want to make sure that you're not letting the kids make those too short. They should still have body of sound on all the staccatos. Um, and then, of course, this part, whenever I've judged this piece before, when the low brass are going back and forth between G and A flat, this is where you can really hear if they understand what a half step should sound like or if they're just kind of guessing and not really aligning it. So I would spend a lot of time making sure that the accompaniment is really in tune here. Um, and then the suspended symbol will create more texture and excitement as we're leading up into 41 because they start a very soft roll and they roll all the way until the next section. And the whole band is crescendoing here. Um, this is a big like dramatic moment snare drum ends it and everybody has an accent on beat three and then we come back in with just trumpet and clarinet so it's kind of like a big breaking moment and you want to make sure that the suspended cymbal chokes so that there's no sound for just like a split second after the the accent and then the pickups come on in and then right here at 41, this is another uh, place we're talking about. It's a two-note slur here. So we need a really clear articulation, a firm, clear articulation on the downbeat of 41 from everybody so that that lines up and makes perfect uh, it makes perfect sense. In the flute and oboe parts right here, we have that entrance on beat two. They had something similar to this earlier. Uh, as I mentioned before, I would write a breath mark on beat one to help them feel really confident about uh, that entrance. So much of this is, is a recap of what we had before, so you can take a lot of that information and apply it here. Now we've got tambourine, um, and, or I'm sorry, castanets and, and snare drum playing together. I know we've talked a little bit about that. I think percussion wise, it's important to put your strongest players on snare 
castanets in that order and then tambourine right uh and then of course go from there um we have another waterfall here at 47 and 48 and as we lead into 49 we have that descending line in our low voices that's a great opportunity for them to build in a crescendo um as we land at 49 uh more staccatos this is just like the beginning just like the beginning so take all of that and apply it right here to the end before we get to the end we get the big the big finish the eighth notes at the end are really important we want those eighth notes i would isolate those spend a lot of time on them making sure that the notes are right that the kids move their fingers in time together um, and we want those eighth notes to crescendo down into the last beat um, and then again making sure those last two eighth notes get articulated it's real easy for the woodwinds and horns who have that to go ta 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 mm. so make sure that they don't cheat that ta 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 we want to be really really clear about that and horn should be the focal point here since that's like the it's just the new voice that finally gets like their moment of glory at the very end of the piece so we both love this piece and have played it many times uh with our non-varsity and sub non-varsity bands so we hope that you have learned a lot about it and will choose this for one of your next programs Thank you for joining us on this episode of Band BFFs. Band BFFs.